Now podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 180 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, and today we are going to be talking about fibromyalgia and cervical spinal stenosis and how they are related. We'll be discussing some of the signs and symptoms of fibromyalgia, the signs and symptoms of cervical spinal cord compression. We'll be talking about an interesting association between the two of them, and we'll also be discussing some of the treatment considerations and so much more. But if you don't mind holding just for a second, we are going to hear a word from our sponsors. Did you know that over 90% of foot and ankle problems are caused by a tight calf muscle? Introducing the Easy Slant, a durable, adjustable, and portable calf stretching device. The Easy Slant was designed to increase stretching compliance and get you back on your feet and feeling better faster. So if you work with patients seeking to ease or avoid foot pain or clients who want to improve their athletic performance, look no further. Visit EasySlant.com to learn more or order yours today. Enter coupon code OEP for a 10% discount on your first Easy Slant. Hello and welcome back. Oh boys, my head has been spinning for the last 24 hours and I'm really not even sure where I'm going to be going with this, but please bear with me. And I understand that the last time I... Uh, finished up a podcast, I mentioned we were going to be talking about ischial tubercle avulsion injuries, and that is going to be coming right up. I just couldn't let this one go. I woke up this morning, I said to myself, this is going to be today's podcast. That's just the end of it. Um, so I'm going to give you a little story and, and tell you why my head has been spinning. Um, I have a gentleman who comes in, I know him, he's a friend of mine, and he had a hip replacement done uh, about four months ago continues to have this chronic myofascial pain around the hip, medial, lateral, anterior, sometimes posterior. It comes and it goes, uh, most oftentimes after sitting for a while. But what we do know is that once we move him, he starts, seems to do a little bit better. As I continue to reassess him, I continue to notice that he has like this hypersensitivity to touch, like myofascial pain, like around the IT band, and even on the contralateral side, has discomfort there also. He's had a total shoulder replacement, had difficulty recovering from that because of chronic pain and chronic discomfort. And I, I keep thinking to myself that this cannot just be a low pain tolerance problem. You know, this is a gentleman who's worked hard all his life. Um, and in, in, you know, using large heavy equipment and doing all kinds of activities and just doesn't present like somebody who would have low pain tolerance. When I just thought about this last night, I remember treating him and evaluating him for his cervical spine and noticed that he was not able to extend his neck very well. And this made him feel really uneasy. Uh, just didn't feel really well at all. And I was kind of suspecting some sort of a cervical spinal, you know, myelopathy at that time. And um, it just was blown off and he did not have it, you know, checked out or, or followed up on or whatnot. And uh, so I see this gentleman yesterday and I, I keep racking my brain about why he continues to have this pain. So I want you to just kind of think about that and see if that matches up with some of the patients that you may have where they should be getting better, but they're not. And why are they not getting better? Especially, you know, if there's no problem with the, the, the surgery, there's no problem with the instrumentation, the, the fixation or anything like that. So we know that there are seven or eight reasons why people don't get better. And one of them 
can be fibromyalgia or myofascial pain syndromes. So what I want to do today is break up what some of the signs and symptoms are and why there is uh, what we are finding a pretty big association between fibromyalgia and cervical myelopathy. So let's talk about the symptoms of fibromyalgia first. Oftentimes, you will see this with your patients, they'll have hyperalgesia. So just, you know, significant amount of pain to light palpation, usually in multiple areas. So you'll, you'll see, you know, palpable discomfort in certain trigger points. We know like the upper trapezius and extensor carpi radialis, gastroxoleus, glutes, all these areas are, are areas that could be quite painful for people with fibromyalgia. Usually this pain is quite diffuse and chronic, so they've had it for over three months with no real mechanism of injury. So there's, there's you know, not a big fall or not a big injury. And typically these folks with fibromyalgia will have pain above and below the waist. So it's not specific to just the arms or just the legs or just one side over the other. And commonly will have you know fatigue and fatigue with minimal activity or minimal exercise. So it's not just generalized fatigue or being bored or anything like that. Uh, these folks will have headaches and um, they might even have a sense of instability or you'll notice an instability with their gait. And uh, they can have paresthesias throughout their upper and lower extremities. And that can be quite common. Um, so many providers who see patients who have fibromyalgia, remember fibromyalgia is basically a diagnosis of exclusion. Okay, you, you do x-rays, MRIs, and all kinds of scans and blood work, and you know, nothing really shows up. So these people have generalized discomfort all over, hyperalgesia and um, fatigue. And, you know, providers roll their eyes and say, okay, another case of fibromyalgia. But um, what I want to do next now is kind of, you know, skip a beat and go toward cervical myelopathy. I want to talk about cervical spinal stenosis and the signs and symptoms there. So when, now remember, cervical spinal stenosis, especially cervical central spinal stenosis, is when the spinal cord is being compressed somehow. Now, it can be bone spurs. It could be a hypertrophy ligamentum flavum. You could have a herniated disc that pushes centrally into the spinal cord. And so that, that canal is now smaller and causing compression to the spinal cord. And you'll see less cerebrospinal fluid flowing through. And that compression can cause some problems, some pretty significant problems. And so what you'll see with these folks with cervical uh, spinal stenosis is uh, some neck pain. You'll see stiffness in the cervical spine, commonly paresthesias, weakness into the upper extremities, especially, and occasionally in the lower extremities when they are um, really involved with the uh, cervical spinal stenosis. They may have some clum clumsiness. So I always ask that question, like, how often do you drop things? And is it more now than it used to be? They may have some balance issues. Oftentimes, these folks are hyperreflexive, so they will have uh, very jerky reflexes, especially of the upper extremities, but also of the lower extremities. They may have a positive Hoffman sign, positive Babinski test. They can have clonus of the wrist and ankles, uh, and they might even have some bowel and bladder dysfunction and uh, also some radiculopathy. It's not uncommon to have some radiculopathy when people have cervical myelopathy, okay? So why do we need to recognize this correlation? Well, 
you know, the, the treatment for fibromyalgia is pretty well recognized out there in the rehab world and in the medical world where, you know, you want to get these people active, but not so active that they over fatigue themselves. We know that pool therapy can be quite beneficial. They seem to like that. Um, Anti-seizure medications such as Neurontin, Gabapentin, Lyrica, you know, things like that can also be helpful with decreasing this, this neural um, activation and, and hypersensitivity type pain. Um, it, I, I've always found that treating people with fibromyalgia, uh, they have to be on a positive goal-oriented program. So they need to see that they are meeting their goals and this is, uh, there, there's some sort of a positive progression and, um, you know, occasionally these folks require some counseling just to deal with this chronic pain because it can be so overwhelming and uh, that's not uncommon. But with that being said, how many of you have had great success treating fibromyalgia? And I can pretty much guess right now that there are not too many hands going up because I've not had great success treating patients with fibromyalgia. So the next time you see somebody with quote unquote, fibromyalgia type symptoms, or they come in with that diagnosis, I want you to do a myelopathic screening of this patient. I want you to think central cervical spine stenosis, okay? So I want you to take a look at their cervical spine MRI. I want you to check their reflexes. And I want you to be proficient in reflex testing. And I've gone through this over and over and over again in the past, but I find I still see people not doing reflexes, deep tendon reflexes correctly. So be proficient in doing deep tendon reflexes, but do C5, C6, and C7. If they are hyper-reflexive, you need to be a little bit concerned. Then right from there, you go down and do the lower extremity. So do L4 and S1, patella tendon, and Achilles. If they are hyper-reflexive there, and those reflexes are really jerky, you then need to become a little bit more concerned. Okay, now all these tests I'm talking about here in this segment, I will have videos in the uh, links of the show notes. So if you want to see these and a lot of these with patients who are positive, make sure you check out these videos. It's pretty cool. Um, these people will oftentimes have a Hoffman's test, a positive Hoffman's test. Also check for a Babinski sign if they have a positive Babinski there. Okay. You want to do clonus testing at the wrist and ankles to see if there's excessive clonus there. And I always ask about bowel and bladder issues. It's not uncommon for people who have fibromyalgia to be on a pain medication that causes constipation. But when it comes to bladder issues, um, people with cervical myeloradiculopathy or uh, myelopathy will have, you know, the difficulty starting to urinate, or sometimes they'll have con control issues. They won't be able to hold it. Um, and so that can be a concern also. I also do manual muscle testing to see if there's any um, significant weakness from one side to the other. If they develop weakness in the lower extremities, uh, also you need to then be even more concerned. I also like to do a Lermite sign where the patient is just sitting there and you flex the cervical spine, if they get a shocking sensation throughout the arms or legs, um, that's a pretty big red flag. These folks need to be seen uh, by a neurologist and or neurosurgeon and be evaluated. So from there, what I want to talk about is the association, okay? So there was a study that was done where they had taken 270 patients that had fibromyalgia. They were, they were clinically diagnosed with fibromyalgia and had cervical spine x-rays and MRIs to find that 
46% of those people had spinal stenosis of the cervical spine, central cord stenosis, and 20% of those had a Chiari syndrome. Um, and so that's, you know, 66% of those people had some sort of cord compression and they also had fibromyalgia. So that's a pretty big number and that's pretty significant. And then another study that was done found that 71% of the fibromyalgia patients had cord compression at the cervical spine. Now, to me, that's just not coincidence. Okay, I, I just I think that's a pretty high percentage and we need to start looking into that. So as I did look into that some more, um, I found a nice study from the uh, European Spine Journal where they found a statistically significant improvement in almost all of the fibromyalgia symptoms one year after cervical you know, spinal cord decompression. All right. So it was statistically significant. These people immediately after surgery already started to show some improvement with, you know, less hyperreflexia, better balance, uh, less pain and all of those things. But it really didn't show up until about a year later. And that just makes sense, right? When patients have nerve injuries, we pretty much tell them all it could take a year to two years to get better. And so it, after one year, um, these patients were, were doing significantly better in regards to everything, their quality of life, less pain, better balance, less hypersensitivity. Um, and so these, these people did much better. So with that being said, the next time you see a fibromyalgia patient or a patient with fibromyalgia or myofascial pain type symptoms, check out the cervical spine, okay? Just make sure that you do that. I do that with almost all of my patients uh, who come in who have anything regarding, you know, radiculopathy, um, pain, paresthesia throughout the upper extremities. I, I put the, you know, most of my patients through it and it doesn't take long. Um, so if you watch some of the videos that I do, it doesn't take very long to do a cervical spine clearing exam. So I hope that I was able to bring to you a little new perspective about evaluating fibromyalgia and what the underlying causes they they've really never had a real good cause and that's why it's called a syndrome and not a disease and so uh, keep that in mind the next time you see these folks um, and feel free to send me any of your comments or questions regarding today's show and or uh, anything that you'd like to hear in the future regarding orthopedics or the evaluation of these types of patients be sure to check out our website and all of our downloadable courses, we have a nice six to seven hour shoulder uh, course, cervical and lumbar spine course combined. And we also do a cadaver dissection with anatomy review uh, in one of our courses. So uh, be sure to uh, check that out. Those will all be in the links of the show notes today. And um, folks, thank you so much for listening to me today. And uh, I hope you all have a great day. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.